The following is a pre-recorded paid program. Any claims made during the program are strictly those of the advertiser. They do not reflect the views and are not guaranteed or warranted by Portland Radio Group or its parent company, Saga Communications Incorporated. This is Closer to Home, Maine's real estate radio with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty. Whether buying your first home, your next home, or upgrading your present home, everything you need to know is right here. Now on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Sell your home the easy way. Just remember Jeff M-A-T E-J-A. That's the Matea Group. And call them today. Welcome everybody to Closer to Home Maine's Real Estate Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Matea, here with my sidekick and co-host, Harrison Smith. And as always, man, that that jingle to hit off the uh, the show with is it's amazing. A, it's a good way to bring some energy first thing. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, tell me, what did you do uh, over this past week? I, I was away on vacation, so yeah, it was, missed uh, you guys. It, yeah. Did you, though? Great I show. I'm sure you had fun. I listened to the show on iTunes. Oh, good, yeah. Ra- I rated a five-star as well, so. Love it. Encourage everybody to do that. Love it. Yeah, we had, a, we had a great conversation with Andy last week talking about New Hampshire. I know, you know, we focus heavily on Maine. That's where we are. It's where we conduct business. Um, we do business in New Hampshire as well, and it's nice to hear that, you know, we feel like all the all the problems in the real estate market we talk about, supply and pricing and all that is Maine specific. And really it's not, it's everywhere. Um, and it was nice to talk to somebody like Andy, who's, you know, in New Hampshire on the ground, seeing the same things we're seeing up here um, and that we're all, we're all dealing with the same issues. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, a different perspective though, cause he does have uh, you know, he's at the seacoast, but then he goes into, you know, towards Manchester, Bedford um, and up into the lakes region too. So a couple different markets right there, just, just being in New Hampshire. Yeah, and, and very different demographics, very different price points, um, but you know, all facing similar pressures, you know, pricing going up, supply down, um, same issues across the board as we see here, which is nice to know that our neighbors in New Hampshire are, are seeing the same thing. So I have to ask, did, did you miss me? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Although I will say Danny did a great job in a pinch. Oh, I, yeah, that was and, awesome. And you know, hearing about her, uh, her walk and her adventure there was quite interesting too, because that's not a trip many people I think realize even exists. I certainly didn't. Um, but it's fascinating to hear about. Yeah, 500 miles. Wow. Yeah. Five, five, I mean, I don't like to drive 500 miles, let alone walk 500 miles. <laughs> exactly. And then not know where you're going to stay or where you're going to eat that day or evening. Yeah, that's the ultimate uh, the ultimate uh, flying by the seat of your pants kind of trip. Yeah, I would need that certainty knowing where I'm going to rest my head at, the, at night and where I'm going to be next. Just have it all planned out. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to have. I, I like the freedom, but I, I'd like a little bit of structure to it. So I'm not worried about where I'm going to be next. So what did you do uh, outside of the radio show uh, this past week? A uh, lot of time, a lot of time outside. So we uh, spent a bunch of time in the pool. Actually, put together a uh, trampoline for the kids. That's the uh, that's the big item in the backyard this year. So now we're we're going with a trampoline. One more uh, thing they can hopefully burn some energy off, so they sleep better at night. How was uh, how was vacation? Oh, perfect. It was nice and quiet. Uh, we we saw a, a bunch of fireworks. Uh, we didn't get to strawberry picking, which I guess we'll have to plan another weekend away. Um, up to Stevenson's in Wayne. It's a, it's a great strawberry field, and you, know, you kind of just do your own thing. Um, but it was just great to get away, uh, be about an hour and 10 minutes away from Scarborough. Phone was off most of the time. I uh, got a few calls, but it, it was a lot of uh, just unwinding and relaxing, enjoying the weather, and it was remarkable. I think we only had one day that it rained. so Yeah, great week to was, get away. It was awesome. So, yeah, we have a great uh, show concept, again, reintroducing the uh, the market update. So tell me more about 
you know, that plan. Yeah. So we did this show about about six weeks ago, I believe now, um, and we call it the state of the market. And what we're focusing on is we've got our panel of experts in today. So we're going to hear from Corey Scott from Andy Mac Mortgage. We're going to hear from uh, Kat Azimi on the seller side and Donna Galuzzo on the buyer side. And we're going to dive into what's actually going on in the market right now, not just the stats, but you know, what are clients feeling? What are buyers and sellers feeling? What are, what are the expectations we're setting? And also what's the activity we're seeing to give give the listeners a real kind of behind the scenes of what's going on today? Yeah, it's been a hit because I, I hear from folks and I'll, you know, I'll talk to them uh, offline here and they'll say, you know, I really love that show or, you know, can you give me, give me a little bit more detail? I'm, I'm not currently a buyer or a seller, but I love to know and not be updated and just hear the experiences, the day-to-day, what's happening, how our offers, you know, how long our sellers on the market, you know, yeah, I hear the news, you know, harping about interest rates going up and while they do come down, do they go back up? What's, what's the plan uh, and how should I respond to that? And maybe this is a good time for me to sell. Maybe I should buy more. Mm-hmm. What, you know, where do I take it from here? So it's always good to put that out there on the table for folks um, and have the folks that are in the trenches that hear the day-to-day because you and I, do transact, but we don't necessarily hear every single detail of every transaction right. daily. Right. And there's a lot of questions out there. You know, the headlines can sometimes be misleading. You know, the stats only tell you part of the story. So I think this is a good a good opportunity to get below that and understand what's happening. But along those same lines, as we go through the show, if, if people have questions they want answered um, from anybody on the show, or if we need to go outside of that, we can as well to bring in whatever experts you might need. Uh, you can always call or text us at 207-331-5516. Or shoot us an email closer to home at portlandradiogroup.com. We're happy to answer your questions or even follow up with uh, having somebody give you a call to actually talk through your situation. Exactly. So do you want to uh, introduce Corey and have him uh, come on board? Absolutely. Let's, let's dive right into the borrowing side uh, and let's welcome uh, Corey Scott from Annie Mac Mortgage to the show. Hey, Corey. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. Great How are we doing? You. Very good. Jeff, I'm glad you got to take a week off. That's exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. I, well, well deserved and I really needed it uh, to get away. Perfect that the, the weather was great. Yeah. So what's uh, what's going on interest rates right now, Corey? That's a topic we hear on a pretty much daily basis. Yeah, it's pretty much all I talk about all day now. Uh, <laughs> rates are all over. Um, we've been seeing them hovering in the five, seven, five to six percent range, plus or minus, depending on the borrower's profile. Okay. But I mean, sometimes lower, higher, depending if they want to pay points to get a lower rate. Um, but it's been in that range for the last thirty days. Every day changes a little bit, but it's been pretty consistent. So you mentioned uh, buying points. Are we? Are you seeing borrowers? You know actually consider buying points more than they have in the past? We are, especially um, on a lot of second homes and investment properties now. The way Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are pricing those currently, like it's really hard to do them without paying any points because mm. they know down the road when rates come back down, uh, the clients are going to refinance. So they're collecting some of the, that upfront interest up front. Yeah. So how are those conversations with buyers going? Do they come in immediately and say, well, what's your rate? And you know, how, are they, they're shopping you or are they... You know, yeah. getting looking for advice on do I buy it down or are you offering that? How does exactly. that go? Yeah, part of our analysis here, what we do is we run different scenarios saying here's it is current market without buying the rate down. Here's what it looks like paying a point or half point or whatever it is, depending on the day. Um, and then we let them make the decision, right? It's really kind of part of our goal setting conversation, how long they're in the home for, uh, you know, what the goals are, if it's an investment or second home. And then we kind of let them make that final do you see most people locking a rate as soon as they go under contract, yeah. waiting a little bit? We do. There's been so much volatility. Our conversations always is, if you're happy with the rate, lock it, forget it, don't worry about it. If it comes back down, we can always look at renegotiating as we get closer to closing. Yeah, I imagine, like myself, and we talked about that about Danny's trip, is people look to certainty. You, you, mm-hmm. When you know what you have, yep. better to have that than the unknown of it could go up. Well, it could go down, but in likelihood, it's to go up. Exactly, especially the last days or so. 
Awesome. Yeah. So what what is the length of a typical rate lock for somebody right now? Are you can you do extended rate locks given the volatility? Yep, totally. We can do locks uh, ninety to one hundred days out if we need to. But usually right now we're seeing thirty to forty five days. A lot of these are depending on when the seller can when we can close on the transaction. Obviously, the rates are usually better for the shorter rate lock too. Okay. So that's the way the pricing comes into play. Awesome. And are, are we still seeing, you know, for a while there, we saw FHA and VA loans kind of fall off the map. Are we seeing those become more prevalent again? We are. Um, we are closing. I'm closing more FHA loans this month than I closed all of last year. Wow. Yeah. So, which is <laughs> crazy. I did the stats this morning. Like, this can't be real. But wow. And okay. and I guess for the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with FHA and VA loans, can you just quickly explain those products? Yeah, totally. So they're two government loans uh, backed by the government, I should say. Uh, FHA is Federal Housing Authority and VA is, is uh, veterans, um, veterans Loans. So we any veteran can apply for the, the VA loan. FHA is a lower down payment, lower credit score requirement. So it's an easier loan to get into. The last few, you know, few months, six months or a year or so have been harder to get those accepted. There's a lot of clients who are offering 20% down, 10% mm-hmm. down, whatever, which those terms are better for the seller side. Okay. Gotcha. okay. In in prior episodes, we had talked about cash to keys. How's that going? Are you seeing yeah. that more prevalent? Or absolutely. So cash to keys actually has been a really good success for us so far. We are closing our first few here in Maine, which is awesome. the The benefit now, like we wouldn't roll this out in other states six six months ago. We're competing with like stupid cash offers, two hundred grand over, three hundred grand over asking price. So they saw our offer in that one. They still we didn't have a chance still. Now with less offers coming in, it's even more competitive. Mm. When you're deciding between three offers, one is waiving financing, the other two are 20% down or 10% down, that's absolutely going to be the better option to go with. And is that helpful too? Because I know there was a timeline to see if you could actually close the loan before you had to opt to the cash appraisal related. Our first, to jumble that up, but. first one we got back here, we got the appraisal back in four days. Wow. wow. So yeah. we were able to close this one super fast. And to explain that, why that's the case, you you pay the, the client or the you, the loan officer, yep. pays a little bit more to the appraiser or has like yeah. people that are set to- We have appraisers that are on our special cash to keys board okay. to make sure that they can get, they, they know we need these back quicker. They're all rushes really at that point. And it's really no extra cost to the client. We just have worked this out with the appraisers to make sure they know we need them back. They're part of the special program. Yeah. And another great example of having those local contacts, mm-hmm. having a local lender who knows the local appraisers so that when your file requests hit, they grab them first. Exactly. So that's, that's key. And, and now, do these uh, is there more information available for these appraisers related to these properties? You're gathering more from the, the borrower too, so they're stronger. Yeah. So these the, the borrowers that come in, we have them as part of our process to even be eligible for the program. So they have to be fully pre-approved, fully underwritten. Everything's verified. There's no going back at that point. Once the appraisal hits, we're closing the loan. Seller knows they're going to get their funds. It's an absolute awesome opportunity just for the buyers, but that'll be a listing agents know they're going to get they're going to get paid, right? Seller's going to move on. The borrower quits their job the day before closing. We're still closing that loan. We're we're buying the property at that point. Meaning that cash to keys is paying cash for the house. Yeah, and a, a question I heard too is, can you use cash to keys if you're going to buy and occupy a multifamily? Does that also apply? No, it's only single family and condos, okay. owner occupied, and second homes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so shifting gears back to you said you you'd done more FHA loans this past month than you did all last year. Yep. Are there tips to stay in that FHA loan that borrowers, buyers can have to be competitive in this market? I mean, more offers yep. are getting accepted, obviously. Totally. So the big thing, I mean, like we do with our cash keys, we can get everyone in for a pre-approval, fully underwritten, signed off on. Especially government loans, it's really important to help with the uh, the seller understanding that we are nothing's going to happen. And we can actually piggyback the cash to keys on our VA loans as well. So veterans are able to get back in the game as well. So we're opening that up for them, which is a huge home run. Wow. That's and excellent. Real quick, are you seeing a lot of investors in the market? We are. Um, I think we're seeing we're seeing a lot of investors come through. Not a lot of closings for investors right now, just because I feel like the market, like there's not a lot of multifamilies with rents being so high that investors are not 
unloading like they were four or five, six years ago when it wasn't quite the, the height or the demand back then. Got to try to feel things out, I'm sure, and just get get acclimated to the market. Exactly. You're listening to Closer at Home means real estate radio on News Radio WGN 98.5 FM and AM 560. We've got to head to break. In our next segment, we'll have Donna Galuzzo as our guest, and we'll keep Corey in to talk about the market for buyers. Welcome back to Closer to Home, Maine's real estate radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea, on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying your Sunday. We're back here at Closer to Home. Jeff Matea from the Keller Williams Real Estate, the Matea Group, here with Harrison Smith. And we have a lovely guest in to talk about the state of the market for buyers and Donna Galuzzo. Welcome, Donna. Always great to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me back again. Totally great, fun. Great to have you back. All right. So let's, uh, so Donna, your specialty is buyers. You work in various segments of the state. So let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing in terms of what are you seeing around inventory offers? What are your buyers feeling right now? Absolutely. I would say the last couple of weeks feels like this is all mostly anecdotal, but it feels like it's been a real game changer. feels like inventory is rising. That's one big shift I'd say we've all been feeling. feels like prices are still maintaining fairly high. Um, it feels to me like also that the multiple offer situation may still be happening. It feels more dependent on where the property is located. Mm. Um, you know, is it in one of those uh, hub places that's maybe 30 minutes from Portland? We're still seeing a lot of competition. Is it in a price point that's still a very competitive price point? So those multi-offer situations seem to be maintaining. But I'm also feeling like there aren't as many offers. Last year this time, we might have seen 15, 20, more than 20 offers on certain properties. Now that feels more like three to five, two to four, three to five. That that, that feels like that's changing. I would say the other thing that um, we've all been watching carefully is even if escalating offers are still happening, it feels like, again, and this makes sense. The competition's lessening a little bit in terms of the offer pool. So it feels like the escalations are not as robust. Maybe they're 3%, 5%. There were many times last year when we were seeing 20, 25, 30% mm. escalations or even more on certain outlier properties. So those are the big shifts I feel like that we've been feeling most especially the last several weeks is really, is really how it's coming to gel together. Okay. So with those multiple offers, are you seeing the people waiting to the deadline and still holding all offers or can people make offers whenever and you know they'll kind of counter you or? Yeah, that's a great question. It, it's very inconsistent right now. I would say people are, I would say buyers are being very discerning. I think buyers are really trying to wait it out and they're really trying to figure out right to the last moment, what's my competition going to be? And the only way... To, to, to keeping it close to the chest. If we're going to make an offer, we're probably going to wait and wait and wait it out, try to get a sense of what the competition is. It feels like no one wants to leap unless they're sure they're either going to be alone in their offer right. or there's going to be a little bit of competition. And is there a hesitancy even to wait to see if another property comes up with inventory rising? Are they, you know, have you had that experience? In some cases, yes. I think it really depends on whether or not the buyer's really pushing their price point. So this is, I also see opportunities here because 
for those buyers who can push their price point a little bit, for those buyers who can work with the interest rates that we're seeing right now, in my mind, it's a great time to find the property that you thought you might never be able to attain. And if you can make the numbers work financially, you're probably going to see the least amount of competition you've seen in the last two to three years. So trying to get that property that you're going to really make your primary home for a long time. It's a great opportunity for that. Interesting. So it sounds like, um, you know, last year it was like it was a frenzy. A property got listed and everybody ran to it to get offers in as fast as they can. It seems like maybe things are playing on a little bit slower. So are buyers more patient or are they just more prepared for what is going on currently? I th- it's hard to use the word patient. I think buyers are, <laughs> are more more aware of okay. what's happening. I think buyers are nervous. Definitely everybody's nervous because even though some of these aspects of competition seem to be slowing, I think everyone is so unsure about what will happen, not only with the interest rates, but really people are looking at the bigger picture. What is going to happen with the price of things? What's happening with inflation? What could happen with my job situation, my partner or spouse's job situation? Those are the aspects of life, you know, gas prices going crazy. I think people are really trying to take a beat and really think about the whole picture, the whole financial picture, the whole economic picture. Sure. You'd mentioned off air about gas prices, the cost of milk, groceries, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you seeing people or hearing the buyers mention that when they are looking in their search like, well, we should probably stay closer to town so we don't have our work so we don't have to pay as much for gas, heating oil, yeah. et cetera, and kind of weighing that. Fuel pricing, absolutely. And I, I definitely have had several buyers say, well, if I weigh in buying a property further away at a lower price point, I really, I actually sat down with one buyer and we talked about his daily commute and what he would be paying in gas at today's gas prices. And it made sense for him to revisit a property that we had discounted as one that we weren't going to make an offer on. But we realized with the savings in the lower commute, it was a significantly shorter commute. We actually went after the property, got it, and and he's already closed. Then it made a lot of sense when we actually put the numbers together. I think one big thing I, I try to say to all my buyers is do the math. There's a lot of math to be done, not only on what you're going to pay for interest rates, on what your other costs like homeowner's insurance is going to be or if you have an HOA, but do all the math. Mm. Look at look at your whole situation. Look at your commute. Look at your fuel oil prices or is it natural gas or is it propane? You know, Just trying to do all the math that you can around figuring out what your costs are going to be. Exactly. We've talked about this before in the home budgeting. Um, being a Dave Ramsey follower myself is – Right. You, we, we don't want you to be house poor. We want you to still live that same lifestyle and enjoy going out to eat, going to different events, um, you know, spending that time with family and traveling uh, and not have it all go into the home. Yeah. We hear that. You know, we hear that a lot. You know, you know, people call Corey, they get a budget for a house. You can afford this much house, but you've got to take that into context with the entire household budget, you know, vehicle costs, fuel, groceries, utilities. You know, that whole household budget right now is under pressure from a lot of different directions, and people need to be more aware of the fact that a house budget can't sit by itself. It's got to be part of your overall household budget. Exactly. So let's talk contingencies or clauses of the contract. Are you seeing inspections starting to appear? Are they With less competition and a few properties sitting a little bit on market, this is the, the other thing for the first time. We are seeing some really solid properties sitting for an extra week on market. And that, to me, gives the buyer an opportunity to say, yep, we're going we're gonna to put inspections in there. 
but still maybe not the two-week inspection period mm-hmm. that we had three years ago, but more like, okay, we'll do some aggressive five-day inspections and we won't, we'll be clear that we're not going to ask for every little contingency, but we're really going to be focusing on, again, life safety, health safety issues. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio and News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560, WGAN. And as you're listening to the show today, if you have questions, you know, you can always call and text 207-331-5516. Email us at closer to home at portlandradiogroup.com. And you can always find our past episodes at WGAN.com in the podcast section. Um, now, what about uh, issues on appraisal? Speaking of contingencies in the contract, are you are you seeing those come up? I personally am not really seeing issues with appraisals right now. I've heard scuttlebutt from other realtors that they're beginning to see some softening appraisals. I'm, that makes sense because again, there aren't you know crazy twenty offer situations right now, so I think prices are starting to level quite a bit, and so we we finally also maybe have. A, a more consistent pool of comps for appraisers to be looking at. Um, one thing, I, I guess one thing that's interesting, and we were talking about this, I know a little bit off air. I just think it's interesting to say last year, let's say a house was listed for three fifty, and you, and people had to escalate to 400,000 at last year's rates. People were very concerned on the buyer side. Am I overpaying? Do, mm. You know, should I be putting this money down? Blah, blah, blah. This year, let's say that same house is just listed at 400. Maybe that's the list price where you would have escalated to last year. But at this year's mortgage rates, or at least where they are right now, you're going to be paying potentially 600 or more dollars a month for that same home. That's a staggering amount of money. But as we were also saying, I think the clear message here is if you see something you like, if it fits with your lifestyle, if it's going to be a house that you'll purchase and hold for three, five, seven, ten years, it's still a good time to act. These are still not crazy high interest rates. And last year, what we thought was going to happen didn't. And we can't predict what's going to happen next year. So it's still a great time to act. Great. Thanks so much, Donna. We've got a head to break. But with our, with our third segment, we'll have Kat Zemi on to discuss the market of sellers. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. This is Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. Whether buying your first home, your next home, or upgrading your present home, everything you need to know is right here with Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty and his weekly guest experts. Sell your home the easy way. Just remember Jeff, M-A-T-E-J-A. That's the Matea Group. And call them today. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Close to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. Back here for segment three with Kat Azimi on our state of the market for sellers. Yeah, welcome back, Kat. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Harrison. Thanks for having me. Great to have you back. So the seller side. So what are we? Uh, what are we seeing there? What are your? What are your sellers feeling right now? Yeah. Um, well, I think a place to start is I think it's the good news is it's still a great time to act on the sales on the sell side. And um, I would say that prices haven't necessarily dropped yet. I guess this is the way I would see it is like, you know, some things are changing in the market, but it's still a great time to get a pr- great price. It might just happen in a slightly different way than it happened, you know, in the last six to 12 months. Um, so it, I'm really going to echo a lot of things that Donna talked about just a couple minutes ago, which is just to say that, you know, you might see less offers, you might see more contingencies, you might see, you know, different financing terms. But I mean, take all of those things and still get your price, uh, it's really still a pretty good, you know, 
uh, turn out. I mean, I, you know, uh, um, it's still a good situation to be in. I think on the sales side, things are still happening pretty quickly. Um, it just really comes down to setting up yourself in the market the right way in order to make that happen, and then still, I think, walk away in a great situation. Just a couple more hurdles to get through. Gotcha. So do you find that sellers right now are surprised at the fact the market is a little different? Or do you find that when you go into that first meeting with them, they're generally aware that things have changed a little? I would say people are calling me because they know that that is happening. I mean, I I probably have more calls in the last couple of weeks just saying, I know we need to move and we need to move quickly because, you know, the market that we're in, it definitely feels different than it did a month and a half ago, two months ago, three months ago. And we don't really want to find out what that's going to look like in the next three or four months. Let's just get this done. Like like Jeff was saying earlier, it's like, if you know something right now, you'd rather find out what you can get right now and feel good and comfortable than take the risk of waiting. Gotcha. So are you seeing, the, the, you mentioned multiple offers, are they over asking price or they coming in and people are pretty competitive? So I think a lot of this comes down to how a seller is willing to price. So a lot of our conversations that I'm having with sellers right now is really about you know, how do you want to set this up? Because I can tell you what I think that you should list for uh, in order to, you know, in, in my mind, I love to see a multiple offer situation because then you're not only probably ending up at the same price you would either way, but you're also getting a better chance at having little to no inspections or, you know, all of those things we've loved seeing in the past. Mm. What I am seeing is that, you know, seller, not every seller is willing to jump on that strategy. Maybe they want to really say, I want to guarantee that I'm going to get this price. And I would take the, you know, the handoff of maybe a few more contingencies. Um, so it's really just about a strategy perspective. And in every conversation I'm having, I'm talking about these are the two strategies. And it really comes down to how much risk you're willing to take, you know, in order to get there. Are you finding right now when you're talking with sellers that you're actually spending more time helping them prepare the home for sale than maybe you did a year ago? Yeah, it's one of my notes here, actually, is that, you know, this is really the time where there is a bit more inventory right now. Buyers are a little bit more concerned, whereas, you know, six months ago, most of my conversations were to say, here's the few items that you need to take care of, but I actually don't want you to spend any time, money, energy, effort on these other items. It's not going to get you more money in your pocket. And now it's, you know, I'm glad to have a conversation a little sooner with a potential seller. Um, I mean, if you're thinking about selling in the next one to three months, let's talk now because there are some things that you could do to have your house stand out so that you can still be one of those that's, you know, getting multiple offers and while the rest of the market maybe hasn't caught up with that yet. Exactly. We had joked uh, off air that uh, it's not the beauty competition and price wars that used to be, uh, mm. but it's coming back to that, that you need to stand out from the crowd as inventory increases. You need to position yourself so that you are one of the homes that does sell and not sit there and cause another home to sell. Absolutely. And I think that's not just, and uh, you know, it doesn't just come down to what you do to prepare your home, but it's becoming more and more important who you work with, right? You definitely need to have the professional photography, you really need to have like every asset that you can to make your hands, your home stand out. Um, because if one shines and one doesn't, it might be the difference between someone going to see it in person or not. And that's what's going to hurt you. And I've actually had people call me saying that, you know, they're not getting that, you know, somewhere else and they know that they need it now. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's real estate radio and news radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. So along those same lines, Kat, um, are you still hearing a lot of the same concerns you were hearing, you know, six months ago, a year ago, you know, my house is going to sell super fast. Where do I go? Or, or the, are the concerns changing? Oh, the, the, the great news, I think, in this market is that the hardest conversation I've had for, 
a, a year and a half has been, well, if I sell my house, where am I going to go? And I think we're in a great position now to say, you know, let me help you sell your home and we'll get you hooked up with the best possible buyer's agent. And you're actually going to be in a good position in this market, especially, you know, let's get through inspections and then go out and write an offer. And just like you might see an offer or two on your home with a contingency to sell, you'll be one of those people too, but it's not going to be just swiped away. Um, make, you know, make a good, strong offer every other way. And that, that contingency to sell is going to be more acceptable. So are closing timelines pretty open or are they still that 30, 45 days and sellers more flexible? Um, I'm still, you know, in a situation where I say, you know, in the past we've said, well, you know, maybe you close in 30 days and you rent back for a little bit. I would say that buyers are, again, buyers are more willing to budge on their terms right now than I think that they are on their price. Um, so again, if they can get the price that the seller wants and it makes sense, then they might say, okay, but I need, you know, I'll give you a little more time to get out or, you know, whatever it might be. Like there's a little bit more of negotiation to make sure everybody's happy, but it's still, people are still looking to work towards a solution, I think. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I always wondered if, uh, we, we probably won't know until, you know, hindsight will be 2020 a few years from now where, where buyers more like, well, I've already gone through COVID, you know, a pandemic and all this <laughs> other stuff and worked from home and juggled kids in my lap on Zoom. What's another, you know, sitting at home in a, for another month and renting it back or mm. going across country and do this, there, that, the other e- thing. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. We saw that with another, uh, the folks in Waterboro, uh, for example, right? They mm-hmm. asked if they could stay longer uh, because they really don't have a timeline. Absolutely. Um, have you seen that a lot more with offers or, you know, kind of to be determined on the close date or we, we could close end of the month, but if you need another month? Yeah, that's been that's been something that we've been playing around with a lot, you know, for a while. And I don't think anything's really changed there yet, I would say. And so are buyers adding more contingencies to their offers? I think that they, I mean, yes, absolutely. I, again, echo what Donna said, which is that if people see that your house has been on the market for seven to 10 days, they're going to know they have a little wiggle room to get some things that will make them feel more comfortable. Uh, I think my job as the representative of the seller is to make those things as favorable as possible, like keep those inspections short, uh, you know, for multiple reasons and uh, obviously disclose as much as you can up front. Uh, there's really ways to deal with it. It's okay that a buyer does inspections, I think, right? It's really about how you and your agent work together to handle those things and get to closing. But I think, you know, one thing I'm, I'm noticing, I think, is that because there's a little bit, uh, there's a few more options for buyers, is that if a hiccup does come up, you really need to be ready to handle it, right? It's like if you miss your close date because of something, um, you know, and that's going to create a rate lock extension to be needed where they have to pay per day or maybe they're going to lose their rate lock. That's a really bad situation for a potential buyer. So you, I mean, I think what's important is working with somebody who knows what all the potential pitfalls are and can see them and can avoid them and, and or handle one if it was, you know, in, something we really couldn't avoid. Um, just because if something like inspection issues come up or like I said, a close date or a title issue, we really need to know how to handle that and handle it quickly so that because the buyer is more likely to walk now than they ever were before. Like they're not just so happy to have something under contract that they're willing to do anything. So. Gotcha. And so Corey mentioned earlier, you know, we're seeing a lot of FHA and VA loans come back into the market. Uh, are you finding that sellers are actually surprised to not get be getting all cash offers like it seems like we were getting beforehand? Um, or are they more prepared for that? And, and ultimately, does the seller... Does it really matter to the seller if it's cash or an FHA loan? Of course, everyone would love a cash offer, no inspections. Um, but I just think, 
it's more about setting the expectations. We're in that first meeting. Like, you know, your offers are going to look a little different now, but let's let's prepare and let's understand why these are still great offers. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll be back in our next segment for a recap and summary of the overall state of the market. You're listening to Closer to Home Maine's Real Estate Radio, News Radio 985 FM. Welcome back to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea, on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Hey, welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Closer to Home means real estate radio. Hopefully, you're walking on sunshine this Sunday. And uh, we have a quick recap in our final segment of the state of the market discussion that we had in the past three. Yeah, and just a reminder to the listeners, too, as we've gone through the show, if you've got questions, you can always call or text us at 207 331 5516. Email us at Closer to Home at We also do share a lot of information on our social media at the Matei Group on Instagram and the Matei Group at Kelly Williams Realty on Facebook. So you can always follow us there and learn more. Um, but I think it's nice to hear from the group that the market is is changing. It, it hasn't necessarily been a dramatic change, but we are feeling a little bit of shift, and there's a little bit more confidence from buyers and sellers that are out there uh, because we're not dealing with the same feeding frenzy we necessarily had before. Yeah, I mean, we knew the shift was coming. We had warned our agents for the past year and a half, two years. It's just a COVID hit. A pandemic created a surge that we hadn't expected, and then you know the shift appeared. And, you know, we were coached and trained and thought like, you know, you're, you're winning, but uh, maybe carefully be cal- calculated because you could be losing slowly. Uh, that's not the case. We had our best June ever, mm-hmm. uh, 40, 48, 49 closings, and uh, it was remarkable. Um, but we do sense a little bit of a slow up. And I think uh, maybe it's weather related, but also interest rates, uh, what have you. But, it, you know, it was great to dive in and get that perspective from both the buyer, seller and lending side of things. Exactly. And the general consensus is that it, it is a, it's still a good time to act. Buyer or seller is still a good time to act, good time to get in the market. Um, but let's welcome our panel of experts back in and let's dive into some of these bigger topics. Um, we started to talk a little bit about budgets and household budgets and affordability. Um, why don't we dive a little bit deeper into that? Donna, you had a great example you would, you were sharing on the air and I'd love to get your more feedback from you on that and have the group talk about it a little bit. Absolutely. Again, pivotal conversation to have with buyers right now is just exploring all the aspects of your household budget. And I think to what you guys were saying just a minute ago, I feel like we've all become accustomed to things changing very quickly now. I think we're living a new normal and it sort of started with COVID. So yes, I felt a palpable change two weeks ago. I feel a palpable change this week again in terms of inventory climbing. And I think buyers needed a minute to adjust to the interest rates and the new normal and a minute to talk, go back and talk to their lender, which is absolutely the first thing everybody needs to do, and then sit down and review your household budget and really figure out what can you spend, where can you take, where can you push your aspects of your budget, and how can you get yourself to the place where you can afford more home right now. Yeah, and Corey, you had some interesting information on inflation and, and where that's trending. Yeah, inflation is up again. <clears throat> so the, the Fed's been trying to you know, get the rates higher to stop inflation, but it came in just off the press up to 9.1% year over year. Wow. So everything is more money than it was a year ago. 
crazy high. So this is absolutely impacting the conversations we're having with our clients too. I've never talked about budgeting as much as I have mm. this year than ever before. Yeah. And that's the key. I love the, we mentioned earlier talking about, you know, your household budget versus the budget for your home. And the fact that the two of them can't be separate anymore, they've got to be intertwined because you're feeling pressure at the grocery store, the gas pump everywhere. And now, you know, housing, utilities, you name it, you need to look at that, you know, you do all the math, as you had said, Donna. Absolutely. Do the math, but also thinking just for example, Maybe you're a person who's normally ready to buy your new vehicle. Well, you're probably not because there's no new vehicles to be had. So maybe you're actually mm. paying off your car. Maybe you're actually sticking with the car payment you got three years ago. There's still some really great car loan options out there if you have to buy out a lease. So maybe that is actually affecting your budget in a net positive way and helps you get into this market and buy a little bit more home with the interest rates rising. So do you feel the higher interest rates are uh, uh, permanent or uh, temporary? Um, that one's directed towards me, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm really hoping temporary. All the, the leading indicators are advising they should come back down once inflation's under control, once the economy kind of gets back on track again. I, I think it, they have to come back down. Otherwise, if things stay where they are, clients aren't going to be able to purchase homes. Like Everything with it being so much more, the rates continue to accelerate, be really unaffordable. So do you think that where we're at right now is where you kind of think we'll be for the balance of the rest of the year? I think so. I mean, I've seen some reports where they expect towards the end of the year it may come back down again. I think the inflation piece is really the going to drive that. Um, I heard a rumor, obviously it's a rumor since the report just came out, that the Fed may bump up uh, 100 basis points on the next Fed hike versus the 75 they've already been uh, gearing towards, which is over the 50 they were shooting to do originally. So they are... Absolutely, this that will in, impact how we do things, where rates are going to go. Gotcha. And then a question to Cat here on the affordability piece, like, you know, are, are sellers now sensitive to that and the fact that they realize buyers might be a little bit more pinched? They're realizing that they may also have the same issue there. Are there some creative solutions to try to help bridge that gap, or is everybody just accepting of the fact that it's you know they have to get a little bit more fine with their pricing? Um, there's a couple of you know options and solutions. I think the coolest one is a you know a seller buy down of the rate. Right. Let's say that you're going to drop your price by ten thousand, or you could keep your price and give you know. I mean, Corey, you can probably talk to this too. Is like buy down the rate a bit. You might actually make the affordability much better for the potential buyer. Um, and so, then you know, looking at that same option, and if you're selling and then buying, you can do something very similar on the other side. Maybe you just ask for that. Uh, Absolutely. It's really coming up with creative solutions, and the more you do this, the more you get to come up with ideas. So, so in, in that case, Kat, you're actually suggesting that the seller would contribute towards the buyer's loan and help them buy their rate down. Exactly. So seller playing closing costs is a thing we haven't talked about in uh, <laughs> quite a long time, but I think this would be a really smart way to do it, right? To actually, like I said, make affordability much greater on the other end and um, not necessarily give up as much on your price. Okay. You know. So so yeah. for on your side, Corey, yeah. is that is a Price reduction of $10,000 or a points buy down, a better outcome for the buyer? Uh, the $10,000 towards the points, the, the lower rate, absolutely. And usually, most like usually not going to reduce the price 10 grand, it'll be 20 grand or 30 grand or 40 grand to get mm -hmm. some activity again. But if you can do a $10,000 seller concession and then you're going to offset your sellers making more, the buyer gets a much better rate and lower payment as well. It's a home run. Yeah, a net net win win. Yeah, all exactly. And, and and creative something that you know you may not a seller may not have even been aware they could do exactly. that actually has a much larger impact to both sides. Exactly. Yeah, that's our job, really. Yeah. <laughs> Give no, people the ideas. Oh, well, and that's good. The, the fact that there are more solutions than just you know lower your price and let's sell it. You know, there's a way to get creative where everybody can win. Right. Exactly. Awesome. So right. on the, on that same seller side, cat. 
you know, inventory, we've heard from buyer, we've heard from sellers a lot that, you know, if I sell my house, where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. You know, that concern is still there sort of, but it's not to the same there. extent. I mean, it's still a little there a little bit, but again, because we have, you know, we have, we're lucky enough to have these conversations with Don and other agents on our team. So I really, I mean, obviously just being in the market, know what's happening. So the great part is we can say, Hey, watch the market for like two weeks before we go on and watch how many properties come on that you would consider a possibility. And you're going to feel a lot more comfortable now than you probably did for the last six months, knowing that you're going to find something. So sellers are definitely, I think this is, that's why this is such a great time to act is that prices haven't come down, but your chance to buy is so much greater that that, that real main issue, the pretty much the only issue a seller could have had for the last year has now been wiped away. They're in a great position to do both. So where do you see the future of inventory as a whole? I definitely think inventory is going to increase. I would love to hear from you know the others on this too, but I think inventory is going to increase. I highly doubt we'll get to a point where you know there's more inventory you know than there are buyers. That'd be a hard thing to achieve, but we've been in a real real you know uh, drought of, of listings. So it's it's good. I mean, I think we're going to be in a much much more balanced market. Would you say the same, Donna? Yeah, I absolutely think that's correct. And I think another thing I was actually standing here thinking about just going back to creative things that can really be a game changer. You also need to pay attention to what's happening with legislation, town ordinances, uh, city ordinances. So, for example, Portland has rent control right now. Other towns and cities are talking about instituting rent control. So if you're a multi-unit buyer, you need to educate yourself on that. The main state legislature signed LD2003 into law back in April, and that is that's policy that's basically helping to create more rental housing opportunities which can provide some mortgage relief for people buying but one piece of that legislation that's a real game changer that's my understanding that towns cannot opt out of you as long as you meet setback requirements and local ordinances you can build a second building on your property because the state of Maine is trying to find creative ways to create housing opportunities and that can be a win, a huge win for both a potential buyer and a potential seller. So right now we've got some interesting legislation that can help both sides. And maybe that helps to offset what we're seeing in terms of inventory and interest rates. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about LD2003 on the show a few weeks back. And for those that have missed the past episodes, you can always find them at WGAN.com under the podcast section. Um, but density is oftentimes the solution to supply. You can fit more real estate on the same parcel because you can't make more land. But you can definitely build more real estate, uh, and that potentially is a game changer around the state. It is, and it's going to stay with that that buyer for a long time, and that that income potential is going to be there for the foreseeable future. Yep. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGN. So during the break, Corey, you were mentioning that for those sellers that might have that concern about, you know, what do I do if I sell my house? Where am I going to go? It sounds like Andy Mac is working on something. Yeah, and no, we're really excited to roll out a program called uh, Buy Now, Sell Later. And really what it does, uh, we've had this conversation for the last year. Sellers have no place to go. Kat was talking about earlier. It's been, a, been an issue ongoing. We're actually able to partner with um, the potential sellers to come in, get pre-approved, all signed off on just like our cash offer program. And then Animac Private Equity actually go purchase the property they want to buy, rent it back to them for up to 180 days. They have to list their current home in 14 days. So that gives them 14 days to get their house painted, primed up, all you know, teed up like it should be to go to market and get the highest price possible. So it's going to eliminate that whole problem that we've been running into the last last year. 
That's so cool. So cool, right? <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. Well, I know we've got to wrap up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, what is your best advice from each one of you of people considering getting in the market? How about the sell side with Kat? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my best advice would be to, to do it, right? Call me. <laughs> I'll come over. I'll tell you what to do. But honestly, I mean, just don't waste time. I think this is the time of the year as a, on the sales side where I start feeling a little antsy because I know that if you're waiting and you don't hit the market until late September late or like October, you're going to feel a palpable difference come mm-hmm. October. So we really should be getting ready and getting into the market and, and hopefully being closed by then rather than showing homes then. Showing should, your home then. Should people be thinking about tackling some of those nagging projects, you know, before they call you or should they call you and get the process Definitely started? Definitely just call me because some of them are still not going to matter. It's it's not, again, I mean, it's a little bit more of a beauty show, but it's really about making sure that when someone walks up to the front door, they don't see you know, flaking, peeling paint or like a rotted trim before they even walk through the door and have concerns. But yeah, that's about it. And I think my best advice would be, first of all, do the math. Mm. It, it's so important. I can't say it enough. Do the math on your household budget. Do the math on the cost of buying the home that you're looking at. And don't be afraid to act because I think there's no doubt that even though interest rates may level and then eventually go down, they're not going to reduce with the speed they increased. And this is still a good time to act. And also, it's it's a great time to act without as much competition. And to me, when you're buying, competition is the thing you really want to avoid. So... Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please contact us with any further questions. You can check us out at jeffsellsmain.com forward slash closer to home. Sell your home the easy way. Just remember Jeff, M-A-T-E-J-A. That's the Mattia Baroon.